choices you make could get yourself and everyone under your command killed. But I believe in you, Jim. This is the script beat sheet edition for Star Trek Into Darkness. Um, I've got uh, three script doctors with me tonight. Chris Durham, Alec Pollack, and myself, David Negren. Um, the script beat sheet edition is going to be a, a, um, a, like a, a second, you know, helping of the script podcast. Like, but it's going to be uh, a maybe more often, and it's going to be a little tighter. And we're going to organize it around Blake Snyder beat sheets of movies that we've seen. We're going to just check. We're going to get together. We're going to try to. Uh, fill out the beat sheet for film, and we're going to uh, talk about the film, argue about it, which beats are weak, which parts of the movies are weak, um, but it's, it's going to have a little bit more of a format. Does that sound good to you guys? Sounds great. Sounds excellent. Now, shall we begin? All right. Awesome. I mean, we've all seen Star Trek Into Darkness at this point, right? I saw it twice. Yeah, I've seen it twice as well. I have only seen it once, but uh, since I saw it, I've also watched the uh, the first of the new movies, and I'm halfway through uh, Wrath of Khan as well. Oh, I watched uh, I watched uh, Space Seed, the original episode, and oh Wrath of Khan. Oh my god! Oh, by by the way, we have to we have to alert people. A uh, spoiler alert, right? Oh yeah. Because, I mean, we're get, we're getting deep into it, and uh, this is going to be ruined for you if you haven't seen it. If uh, you haven't seen the movie, you're going to want to fast forward to the end of this podcast and skip it completely. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> there's, nothing, there's nothing here for you, okay? Um, so, uh, Star Trek Into Darkness, directed by J.J. Abrams, written by the famous or uh, Ortsy Kurtzman, uh, and a little rewrite by Damon Lindelof. Um, you know... Um, we're gen I'm big Ortsy and Kurtzman fan, not so much a Lindelof fan. Um, I don't know who is these days. N um, name some of their scripts for us. So Ortsy and Kurtzman did uh, the first Star Trek. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Kurtzman and Ortsy do um, a, a lot of the big budget movies. Those guys are basically paid the most in Hollywood right now. Damon Lindelof, he started on Lost, right? And um, mm -hmm. he, also, he also wrote... Uh, Prometheus, um, and so he's caught a lot of shit for Prometheus. Well, um, this is redemption. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know what parts he he had a, he had help on for Star Trek Into Darkness, but um, do we want to do just general information, general thoughts on the movie? Thumbs up as a Star Trek movie? Do you guys like it? As, we're all huge Star Trek geeks. We should have started by this, saying that. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I loved it, man. I thought I thought it I thought it was outstanding. I I had some reservations going into it. I you know I am kind of uh, you know I believe the Star Trek should be a TV show first and movie second. Uh, but you know it, it J.J. Abrams is making it a little bit hard for me to keep that opinion. This is this that, is really good. That's an odd religion. I I, I never <laughs> I have never subscribed to that. I always thought that the Star Trek films were far superior to the TV series the original series, uh, only the, uh, the seasons of the next generation, um, uh, that the later seasons, uh, were to me uh, worth watching. DS nine is, eh, 
And later yeah. seasons of DS9, though, once, uh, uh, what's his name, became showrunner? Uh, Rondi Moore. Yeah, when Rondi Moore became showrunner. Well, yeah, no, and that's just the, the, the next generation with Ron Moore uh, were the last few seasons were great, too. So Yeah, yeah all, all the great Klingon episodes, man. Oh, yeah, the Klingon Wars and stuff. So, um, but I'm a big, huge fan of the, the original movies of, of uh, I mean, you have to watch the motion picture because it's in the, in, you know, if you're going to sit down and watch all, all six or seven of the originals, but from Khan to Search for Spock, Voyage Home, Final Frontier, and my personal favorite, The Undiscovered Country. That is my favorite Star Trek movie. Dude, I, I am right there with you, man. Rugged, what, what, what could be better than, than Klingons quoting Shakespeare uh, as they're being blown up by the Enterprise? It was fantastic. It was fantastic. Alec, uh, what's, what's your Star Trek religion? What, how do you practice? Uh, you know, I, uh, on the side, I have always been much more of a, on the Star Wars side than on the Star Trek side. That being said, I have, you know, pretty religiously watched the series as they've come out, uh, even watched all the way through Enterprise when a lot of my friends had, you know, dropped off. Yeah, I watched it. I, went, I, I, I was loyal. Yeah, definitely. I'm actually right now re-watching uh, Deep Space Nine specifically because I really wanted to rewatch the Ronald Moore and I had forgotten so much of it that I've just started from the beginning and it's been kind of my background noise while I'm doing other things, just re-watching the whole series on Netflix. Um, and uh, love the first uh, of the new movies and um, uh, was very excited to go see Yeah, the Star Trek reboot was fantastic. I think yeah. it, it, it did, um, you know, J.J. Kurtzman and Archie did such a great job of creating a film that had s so much homage to the original films and uh, TV series. It was like an orgy of homage. I loved it. And they had an action-packed thriller. The one thing J.J. Abrams, I think, has brought to this is he will not let the, his Star Trek movies slow down. He won't yeah. let them be uh, thoughtful. He keeps this thriller element a lot like Alias. It's like thrill all the time, which I will admit sometimes I'm, I, I miss some of the slowdown because um, especially you think of Star Trek II, Wrath of Khan, there's some great moments of just like them hanging out and talking about stuff, you know, talking about the Kobayashi Maru, talking about Genesis, talking about um, getting older, that all that stuff. And we don't get a lot of chit chat in J.J. Abrams Star Trek movies. Yeah, you know, it's um, Trek always had a tendency to be pretty cerebral. Right. And uh, that, that's something I kind of miss. I'm watching the uh, the reboot, the last movie. You know, I, I kind of thought, you know, we're, we're sacrificing that cerebral nature for fast-paced action. But the more we get into it, especially on, like, second viewing of this movie, I think it's actually really deep. And I think Abrams is doing a better job of, of garbing those uh, cerebral themes in, you know, fast-paced action. I, I don't think it's a all dumb right. action movie at all. You know? All right, well... Maybe I can jump into the beat sheet because so, I want to get started with that. And this, the second item on the beat sheet is theme stated. But first item on the beat sheet is opening image, okay? The visual that represents the struggle for the tone and the story, snapshot of the main character's problem before the adventure begins. What is the opening image of Star Trek Into Darkness? Do we, we remember? Are we counting the whole first scene or? Well, how does it open? Is it open on the planet with the red sticks? Yeah, it, you know, it, it opens on this uh, this primitive world with uh, 
with Bones and Kirk running out of uh, out of this little village, uh, you know, and, and being chased by all these, you know, kind of primitive aliens, uh, while at the same time you've got Spock in the volcano uh, trying to save this race. Okay, and, so we open with you'd say we we'd open with what is a classic Jim Kirk um, uh, trope, which is he's he's fucking with the Prime Directive. Oh yeah. yeah. Or we probably shouldn't be. Uh, uh, I'm gonna. He was messing with the prime directive. Right? Uh, you know what? We're already explicit tagged. Let's uh, just go all in. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean that's something. This is a huge, you know, character thing. Um, but the opening image is supposed to be something visual that brings the theme in. I think maybe the best we can do here is the volcano. It's it's uh, uh, a volcano is exploding on and. This uh, innocent people, I think that maybe talks about what's hap- what happens, uh, you know, with Khan is a volcano exploding into the Federation and, and into Star Trek, into uh, Kirk's life. I don't know. Can we do better know, than man. that? I don't know. I mean, well, I, I, you know, if I think of this opening image, I think of it as kind of almost a collage, right? So, mm-hmm. so you, you've got the what's going on in the volcano, but you've also got uh, Kirk and Bones running. And, you know, that does have that trailer moment of when you're, you know, you've got the uh, the camera craned over them running through the red sticks and then they jump out into the ocean. I mean, that that's that's a pretty solid. That's, moment. That's, a, that's a sequence, man. Alec, but, but, opening but, image is an opening image. It's not opening montage. Right. But No, but look, you know, if if you want to if you want to break it down and get a little deep with it, you've got Kirk running from the shit that he stuck his foot in. Mm hmm. You know, uh, which is kind of what he does a little bit. You know, he he just, you know, throws caution to the wind. And now he now he's got to back out of it or or scramble to get things done where you've, you know, in opposition to that, you've got Spock jumping into the volcano and and trying to get shit done. Uh, I I think the idea that they are, you know, this messing with the prime directive as you started with. Again, I think that's one of the themes that this whole new rebirth, re- reboot is, uh, is really playing with, this idea that things are not the way that they were supposed to be, right? So that the idea of the time travel actually creating the alternate reality to begin with is kind of messing with things and things are not progressing as they were, quote unquote, meant to be. And this is just kind of one example of that. In, you know, in the real, in a regular Trek universe, what happened to this planet? If Kirk wasn't head of the Enterprise yet, right, right. And then we find out there are things wrong. That that's from the first movie, from the first Star Trek reboot movie. Um, you know, the uh, Spock from the future is telling young Spock things are are out of whack. Things have changed. You and Kirk have to get things back. Not you have to get you have to have restore the timeline, but certain things in the universe need to be restored. Like Kirk needs to be captain and. And, uh, but I like, I, I like what you said, Chris, about Kirk's running and Spock's jumping in, you know, that's very interesting too. That's a good opening image. Um, second thing on the beat sheet is theme stated. Okay. Usually happens in the first act. What's your story about? What's the message? The truth? Usually a, a character says it out loud. Um, but they, they don't understand what it is. Um, until uh, later on in the film. Did we get like a theme stated? Is it the classic needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or the one? Well, well I, I think it's that, but I think it's a little deeper. And, and 
we might have a little debate here, David, because I, David, I, I think, haven't you said before that, uh, that you're not fond of uh, plural protagonists? Um, yeah, but you know, I wouldn't call them, yeah, I wouldn't call them dual protagonists. I mean, it's, it's definitely Kirk's movie. Uh, you, but he's dead for act three. So it's kind of not. Um, nah. See, this is, this is why I think it's plural protagonists. Can we stick with the theme stated thing? Just well, like figuring out what, what was the theme stated of the movie? Well, the reason I bring that up is because I think the theme is stated twice. Okay. It's it's stated once when when uh, when Kirk asks Bones what would Spock do in this case? What would Spock and, do? And and Bones says he'd let you die, and then it's stated for Kirk when he's talking to Ed, to uh, to Admiral Pike, and he and he says, "What would you?" Kirk says, "What would you have done?" And Pike says, uh, "I wouldn't have been there in the first place." And so you, you you've got the theme of of Spock's struggle for humanity because he doesn't understand why Kirk doesn't give him up there, and you've got uh, Kirk's struggle to uh, deserve the seat expressed by that's, by that, that's a great that's a great theme stated. You don't know. You don't. You don't respect the chair. You don't deserve it yet. Pike says that. Yes, he does. And by the end of the movie, um, Kirk, he deserves the chair. He literally gives his life for the chair, right? But he 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 also earns it through giving it up to Spock after the midpoint. So I mean, and we'll get to that. But again, that plays in my whole plural protagonist thing. I, I'm... All right. That's you're gonna. I'm gonna mute you if you speak if it were <laughs> plural protagonist. That's not a thing. That is just not a thing. It's not out there. Um, okay, Alec. Anything to add on theme stated? You have a uh, vote. Can you vote on one of those? Maybe on one of which? One of the themes we we threw out there. I don't know. Kirk <laughs> doesn't deserve the chair. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I I think that the that the theme is that many. Yeah, definitely plays along with with Kirk's understanding of what that all means of of the needs and his own sacrifice at the end is is really where he he learns. So I mean that sacrifice has got to play into what the theme is all about. Okay. Okay, set up act 1. Uh the world as it is. What is the world as it is um in uh you know before Khan is introduced and the bombing and such. So what is the world as it is? Um, and, and on the beat sheet, <clears throat> um, you know, uh, we're in the, in the setup in act one, uh, stasis equals death, right? Um, if Kirk is our protagonist or if Spock is our protagonist, um, uh, what they're doing currently in this first act, um, is going nowhere. There's a problem. How do we describe that? Kirk's demotion definitely kind of kills the, uh, the, the, the life that they were living before. Right. Right. Yeah. Kirk's so. breaking. I mean, I mean, the setup is, you know, Kirk's breaking rules, breaking prime directives and he doesn't care and he's risking lives. Yeah, absolutely. And that's going to lead him down a bad path. And Spock is not teamed up with him. Remember Spock like yep. files the report without him. They're not, they're not a team. 
They're not a team. They're not in sync. Spock uh, gets assigned to uh, the USS Bradbury. So he's, he, even Spock is taken away from Kirk. Um, so they're split up. Kirk is lost. Kirk is lost. And, yeah. uh, what else? Is Uhura pissed at, 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 at Spock? Yeah. Uhura is like already pissed his life into the taking risks and such. Yeah. Okay. Do you think that the whole idea that, again, I, I keep bringing up this idea of this being the alternate timeline, that them not being together really risks the future because we know what, how much good they do in the future? You know, if they are these superheroes, they're this superhero team that actually saves the universe again and again, and if they don't stay together, they risk the universe's future? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, I think late, later on... Uh, you know, Khan reveals that, uh, or is it Khan or, no, it, it, it's, it's Marcus. He reveals that, you know, after Vulcan was destroyed, uh, the Federation started kind of going out and, and you know, exploring space a lot more aggressively, and they found Khan's ship. So, so this alternate timeline results in... Right, and, and, they, and they find the Klingons sooner, right? <clears throat> yep. And they, so, so, of, they, they, start, they start to... to court you know danger more because the timeline has changed yeah absolutely and so it's the wrong people finding khan because in the original timeline kirk deals with him directly uh deals with him directly twice you know and saves a lot of people from what happens in this so yeah that's great. You can you remind me more about that? About how I think I missed that that the the Federation started exploring more because Vulcan yeah. was destroyed. Not just exploring more; they started exploring more specifically to try to ramp up their military aspect. It seemed they were looking for uh, new and better ways to arm themselves from this dangerous environment that they found themselves in. Nero's threat from the first movie. Ah, uh, because it came so out of nowhere. Bigger. It's right. all of a sudden there's there's threats from the universe. We need to, we need to militarize. Exactly. So that's yeah. suddenly the kind of federation that we're looking at. At that moment, I again, this was kind of like the geeky Star Trek moment that I had when suddenly I saw that happening and I was like, wow, are they moving in the direction of the Federation from the mirror universe in the classic? Oh, trilogy? shit. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Absolutely. Nice. Oh, man. I, if uh, if uh, Zachary Quinto comes back next movie with the goatee. <laughs> <laughs> that would be brilliant. And yeah. they've, got, they've got Nazi uniforms, right? Right. Was, no, I, I think that's a very good point. You know, I, I, th I think that, that that's really interesting. And, I, you know, I think this is where it starts to show parallels to the real world, right? This is where uh, the, the cerebral aspects start to get a little bit deeper. You know, we're, we're seeing, you know, in a post 9-11 world, America is more militant. And in a, in a post Vulcan world, the Star, you know, Starfleet is more militant. It's, you know, mirrors. Absolutely. Okay, let's move on, uh, beat sheet wise. Okay, we're into, uh, what's the catalyst, guys? Come on, this is a simple one. What's the catalyst for our story? The moment where life is, it changes, the telegram, the act of catching your... The destruction the, of the archive? Yeah. Uh, no, I'm, I'm going to disagree with that. Um, All right. I, I think that's part of the setup. That's showing how militant the world has become. That's, that, that speaks to our setup. Uh, but the, I, I believe the catalyst is actually 
the attack on Starfleet Command uh, after when they're all met there and when Pike dies, because that's really what drives Kirk into action. Because before that happens, he's been stripped of everything. He's impotent, right? Okay. And, and, yeah. Um, yeah, okay, six of one, half a dozen of the other. Technically, until they kill Pike, um, uh, there's, there's not, uh, there isn't a break in the two, there's not a thing, but I would put the, uh, I would, I would more firmly, if you're going to get technical beat sheet wise, I would put the bombing of the archive as the catalyst and then put the, the, um, the meeting of the Starfleet uh, Admiral and the captains in as the debate, where they're literally debating what to do next, and the debate off the debate often ends with um, a decision. And in this case, because uh, the debate is uh, is is inter um, is is interrupted by Khan's attack, it it helps Kirk make his decision the same way the same way. Um, you know, uh, uh, death of Peru and the stormtroopers kill yeah. uh, <laughs> Uncle Owen and Peru. Yeah, he had me exactly had where had I was me. going. Exactly where I was going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so, but I'm, I'm going to uh, dissent in that and say that during during that meeting of, of Starfleet Command, there is no debate. No, nothing. There, there's there's no debate over what to do next. They're they're getting together to to figure out what's going on and then they, they get, you know, they get sucker punched. I, I would say if, if, if we want to move into the debate, I would say that the debate is all the stuff that goes on afterwards with, uh, with Kirk getting his command back, Spock saying this is an immoral action to go in and just kill this guy without trial. You've got, he loses Scotty because Scotty says, you know what, if you're doing this, I'm off the ship. There's a lot of debate that, that, it goes into that and what is ultimately Kirk's decision. I don't think it's all the, 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 the break you're to two doing, decision. You're making a really good case. You're making a really good case. So then the break into two is when Kirk decides against um, yep. uh, Scotty's uh, 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 wishes to keep the torpedoes. He no. Just, he decides, let me finish. He decides against uh, Spock's um, uh, concerns about uh, you know a- assassination, and they go ahead anyway. They they actually go on the mission anyway. So you're saying the de- the debate is a little is is um, a little bit more upfront there. What do you think, Alec? I think actually, that's a, we got to remember sorry. like the debate that we're talking about here is not just the fact that they're debating or arguing about something. The 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 idea of the debate in the beat sheet is that it's it's the the protagonist debating on whether or not to accept the call to adventure, right? Yeah. So and but 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 Chris makes a good point. You know, Spock is telling him, no, you know, we shouldn't be going around to assassinate people, and and uh, and and Scott is saying, no, we shouldn't be taking on these like these weapons that I don't know what we're supposed to be doing. Um, so there is some conflict there. Um, and there's a that, decision that happens after that. There's a decision that happens after all of that. Mm-hmm. That, that, that I think is the break to two. Well, and, all right. Well, let's, 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 let's help define the debate better by deciding on a break to break into two. Okay. So my, my thought is that the break into two is his decision to arrest, uh, 
John Harrison, after all, when, when, when they come out of warp and they're on the edge of the neutral zone and he says, you know what, we're going to go arrest him. He, he actually even looks over his shoulder at Spock as the angel on his shoulder for a second uh, and says, you know, I'm starting the way team. We're going to go down and get him. So after that's his way too, Chris, that's way too late in the movie. That's way too late. Way it's, too late. But it, it, whether it, it is or it's not, a it's a choice. It's a choice. Okay, it is a a character dis, uh, revealing moment. Okay, it's a payoff that Kirk is starting to listen to Spock. But it's not our breaking a two. The breaking a two is getting on the ship and going, one way or another. They're entering the new world, right? I mean, that's that's this yeah. new world of adventure. They're going. They're going to the neutral zone. That's no, the new world where no man has gone before. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that Kirk's decision to arrest John Harrison instead of, like, assassinate him is... A, but wait a minute, hold on. Maybe, maybe we were all in agreement. Does Kirk announce his decision to arrest John Harrison and start assassinate him? Doesn't he do that before they leave Space Dock? No, no, he does, he does it when they, come out of, when, when they come out of warp and he's, he's setting up the away party and he says, you know, this is what we're going to do. Um... Do you, do you remember Alec? Because he he I, says he put he he says he puts he puts it on uh, on loudspeaker for everyone to hear what they're doing, right? Yeah, but it's when they get there. It's when they get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and it, and it is a bit late. I'll, I'll I'll give you that. But you know, I've been noticing a trend in these these big in these tentpole movies. Like they ha- they're starting to have long first acts. Uh, Oblivion had a long first act. Uh, it's all about where you define it. Now, it's not a long first act. If they got look, getting on, going to the Enterprise is a break in the two. It's like I got, I got the Enterprise back. Kirk gets the Enterprise back. Um, he's getting the team together. Uh, we're going. We've got a mission. That's a break in the two. I mean, that's that's plenty. You know, a long first act is is um, is Minority Report, where and- it takes thirty five minutes for Tom Cruise to be suspected of killing somebody. And then all of a sudden the chase begins. That's a really long first act. Is our B story, uh, Carol Marcus? Yes, sir. No. I I am the voice of dissent tonight. I've I've, I've got, I've got a very interesting B story. Where's Uh, the Google mute button? (laughs) (laughs) All right. No, it, go for it, Chris. Hold so, on, hold on. Did, can, did, did we finish up breaking the two? I mean, we, we well, all got our The reason state. I mention it is because, it, I mean, if, if, if the B story, you know, beat-wise, comes after the break into two, Carol Marcus is introduced after they're getting onto the Enterprise, as you say. They're crossing the threshold onto the ship, getting on the ship and going off onto the second act. And it, Carol yeah, Marcus man. is part of that. And maybe this is why I've got a different B story. But my, and my B story is a little subversive. Uh, but... <laughs> But, it's, but, but it, you know, if, 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 if our break into two is just getting on the, the Enterprise, even before going on the mission, part of the fun and games, part of the promise of the premise, you know, the eighth beat fun and games, part of the po- promise of the premise of any Star Trek movie is the gearing up, getting the team together, um, you know, loading the torpedoes. Um, Bones is like, like uh, negativity about the mission, 
Spock and Kirk arguing even before they're out of the space dock and on the thing. That's, that's part of the fun and games, which makes me think the break in a two should happen earlier. And certainly, Carol Mark is popping up. I mean, we, so, the, the, other, the only other possible B story is Uhura and Spock, right? So, yeah, well, okay. So if, if you read Snyder, what, what he says, one of the most interesting things and the most enlightening things to me about what he says about the B story is it is the circus mirror image of the A story. Uh, and, and so that feeds into to what I think, which I think the B story is actually Khan and the crew of the Botany Bay. Um, because he has a love for his crew that, mm-hmm. that, that parallels the love of Kirk for the Enterprise. First of all, I don't think we saw the, the words Botany Bay in this movie. I didn't okay, see them once. But, okay, I could have so, used yeah, so, that. No, we don't. So, okay, so the, but his crew, right? Mm-hmm. So, so it, it, it's, I, I, I actually think that, that it, it's Khan is the B story. Khan with, with his... Uh, relationship with his crew that he would do anything for his crew the same way in the end kirk would do anything for the enterprise well i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna let me play devil's advocate and agree with you i'm the devil who agrees with you because a b story is supposed to cross at the midpoint and to me i think the midpoint is when khan surrenders and they take him on and the only reason he does it is once they, he finds out that there are 72 torpedoes um, and that they must have taken on the, his crew. And so you could say the love story for the, the B story for the Botany Bay crew maybe played into that. I don't know. Alec, set us straight. What do you think? I, I think that yes. Well, the B story can be the antag- uh, can be the uh, mirror image, the, the mirror circus image of the A story, you also got to think that the antagonist himself is supposed to be kind of a, a warp mirror of the protagonist. No, in general. And yes, yeah, yes, yeah. absolutely. So, oh, I mean, which is what makes Khan such a great villain. Yeah. In general. Yes. And I mean, they played that up very, very, very literally. I read a few things online about where people were complaining. I didn't get too, too deep into it. I really wanted to kind of see the, the original uh, material first. And I, I think one of the things that's really missing from this, and this is getting into a little bit more of opinion, but I think it's relevant, is that we're missing the idea that Kirk and Khan have this backstory. And it's that passion between them and that relationship between them that really plays into it and has this kind of undertone throughout the whole thing, which we're, we're kind of completely missing here. What? So, well, so- if, 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 if the mirror image thing is happening, it's on a much more academic level than a passionate level. Or then on a, on a on a history level. So you're saying Kirk and Spock are the B story? No, 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 no. I mean, I, I, I I'm still kind of considering Marcus and what's going on with her and what's going on in the background and how she's playing Sim- into it. Simply simplified, Carol Marcus B story does work because Carol Marcus showing up in the middle uh, keeps them from getting blown away by uh, Admiral Marcus, uh, by Robocop himself, and. Uh, the uh, the love story between Ahura and Spock that could also be a love uh, a a, um, a B story. It gets resolved when Spock finally has that heart to heart with Ahura about um, you know the pain of losing everyone on Vulcan has been too much for him to actually want to experience pain. 
I'm starting to get sucked into Chris's philosophy here that it's possible that they're doing sort of two protagonists here. You get a Kirk story, you're getting, um, you're getting a, a Spock story and they each get a B story. Carol Marcus is Kirk's and Aurora is, is, uh, is Spock's, but I don't know. The B story is also supposed to teach a lesson to the protagonist that helps him or her get through the A story, right? Right, that's I mean, if true. We're, if we're going with that, then the the, the Khan theory is 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 more correct because it's it's Khan teaching Kirk the lesson to help him defeat kind of the bigger bad of the admiral. What would you not do anything for your crew? Your crew. Right. Yeah, yeah. teaching the lesson. Not gonna conventional wisdom, wisdom, and Chris keeps getting you. You're the conventional wisdom exterminator here. All right, guys. That's why I love this movie, man. Because I, I, I think it. I, I think you know. uh, This is why I love the Save the Cat because it's always there. But like, I love this movie because because it's it's very subtle in the way it does it. You know. Um, You want to lift list off some Save the Cats just so you know for our viewers. Well, I mean the the the, the fifteen the the, the beach sheet. I'm not talking. I'm I mean oh, the beach sheet. I don't mean okay. save the cat. I, I'm talking about like this is why why the Blake Snyder beach sheet. In good screenwriting. There's tons of save the cat moments, like Kirk being awesome all the time. Like let's <laughs> save the cat all over the place. Kirk, you know, getting the 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 you know the 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 twin cat girls is like a save the cat, <laughs> right? Literally, right? Even yeah. just hiding hiding the Enterprise underwater, I think, might have been a save the cat moment. Uh, that was great. That was great. Spock, remember when Spock is is talking back to Pike, and and he's like, technically, you know, uh, yeah. we need to do this thing. He's like, he's like, technically, he's like, I'm Vulcan. I'm Embrace technicalities. Like, you giving me attitude? I'm giving you multiple attitudes. What do you want to talk about here? I can handle it. That was fantastic, right? He loves those save the cat for for Spock. He's the smartest MO. He's the smartest motherfucker in the universe. You can't mess with him. And the greatest thing is that delivery had had no guile to it whatsoever. He just said, he said, I'm 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 giving you multiple attitudes. And it's it's got to be so frustrating. It's awesome. And we love Bones as Save the Cat. Every time he thinks, you know, every time he's just like a curmudgeon about space, we love that. Yep. Um, save the Tribble. Save the Tribble. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, we can talk about the Tribble. The Tribble is about, that I mean, brilliant. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about the Tribble. Okay, um, fun, and, fun and games, guys. We've got to get into fun and games. Fun and games is the first part of the first, the first half of the first act of the movie. It's the promise of the premise. Okay. The mm-hmm. fun part of the story, it's what they promise on the poster. Okay. You yeah. know, let's just list off. I, we don't have to argue too much about it. Let's list off some of the things, fun and games in Star Trek Into Darkness. Fighting Klingons. <laughs> Seeing Klingons, man. Those Klingons <laughs> are awesome. Yeah. <laughs> he had rings in his nose and, uh, they're like kind of like like orc meets like spartan armor it was awesome lord of the rings actually but again like again alternate timeline more militarized timeline okay because you know so what does a more militarized klingon race look like sure scary sure um space flight in general just all the warp speed stuff um uh, John harrison slash khan kicking klingon ass that um, that that scene was outstanding Pretty cool. Great action. Um, 
We have uh, exploring a, a new planet, all right? In Star Trek and the fun and games, we're supposed to put together an away team, get on a shuttle, and go somewhere. That's classic fun and games for Star Trek, right? Yeah, I mean, and, you know, the, depending on how, where you define, you know, your, your break to two and your, your, your midpoint, like, I actually think that Scotty visiting Jupiter, like like that, that trip, or Scotty in, in the bar when Kirk calls him and, and is mm-hmm. give, Scotty's giving him attitude, that's all part of the fun and games too. Totally. That's part of, right, right, you know, Scotty's usually back in the old movies, he's in engineering doing God knows what, and he's like, yeah, yeah, I got you, I got you, I'll take care of you. Um, cool. Speaking of engineering, I think even walking through the ship, like the Enterprise itself being a mm-hmm. character, I think is part of the fun and games of this. Like yeah. seeing this new improved Enterprise, walking through the deck, seeing these multiple locations, I think that's part of the fun of it as well. There's a little yeah. comic relief with Bones trying to give Kirk his his uh, his uh, like his physical. physical. I thought yeah. that was going to play back later into into the um, into the whole like super blood thing that comes up later, but it didn't. It was just sort of comic relief. And we were just like, get this off my face, Bones. I'm trying to, you know. I was really hoping that he was going to go for some, uh, what is it, Retinox 5? The uh, Oh, yeah. Cause, you know, because he's given it in the exam, and in, uh, you know, in Wrath of Khan, you know, he gives him eyeglasses for his birthday because he's getting old, you know. Because it's, it's, he's allergic to the RNA, like, yep. solution. Yeah. <laughs> For go, for going blind, which is great. Well, that's one of the things I think is sorely missed in this version of Star Trek Two is is that great theme of of we're getting older, um, and that was yeah. so beautifully done in Star Trek Two: Wrath of Khan. I mean, Wrath of Khan is still like a perfect Star Trek movie. In the Darkness is a great movie, but I don't really feel like it reached that level um any other fun and games before we move on yeah battling klingons um phasers and um is the triple part part of that fun and games or is that later it's uh, it's a little later um what's the promise of the premise yeah you just we're gonna be flying through space and oh and and uh um give you know when they go on the away team they put uh the, one of the one of the tropes of Star Trek is you put Sulu in charge and you you put Chekhov in charge. You like promote for these guys to give them their chance. That's a great like military trope. Giving you know you know uh, oh, yeah. uh, the the uh, the uh, junior officers a chance to really step up because you totally automatically are hoping they do a good job. Yeah, absolutely, but um, uh, you know the, the 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 fight between Uhura and Spock when they when they're on the shuttle on the way down. I mean that that was like the greatest. I mean that that could have been on any like you know human drama sitcom whatever. That's like a great little <laughs> three way argument that they even tried to involve Kirk in it. it it's it's well written. It has nothing to do with space, with action, with whatever. That's J.J. Abrams throwing his relationship stuff into the movie. That's a, a little a little dash of felicity in the middle of Star Trek <laughs> right there. <laughs> Let's get into the midpoint then. Okay, uh, midpoint. Okay. What's the midpoint of a movie for? Let's get – this is a tough one, okay? Um, it, the midpoint is a plot point where everything changes. The stakes get raised enormously. It's almost as if a new movie has started, right? Like – this the plot the the original a story what we were doing before we got to the midpoint now changes and the stakes are raised often a um a ticking time clock is introduced um often our uh heroes are separated some kind of thing so for into darkness what's our what's our best point for midpoint here 
Pretty classic. I think we have the actual opportunity where Khan reveals to him that uh, there's more going on than they expected. What does he reveal? He reveals that uh, the Admiral's uh, motives here are actually uh, beyond what uh, they had originally thought and that uh, he uh, asked them to open the torpedoes to see what's in them. Yeah. What, is gonna... the, what does the Admiral want, though? War. He wants yeah. to go to war. Yeah. yeah. Again, if I was going to pick an exact... If I was going to pick an exact moment, I would I would pick it as the revelation that that Harrison is Khan. But there's there's part of that. It's that whole there's that whole scene there or sequence where Kirk gradually, you know, by steps realizes that he's been duped and, and that he's about to be raked over the coals. And you know, if you talk about the midpoint being the divider between you know the first part where, and the second part where it becomes almost a different movie. At yeah. that point, Kirk has to go on the defensive. He was on the offensive before. Now we're on the defensive. Right. Well, the enemy before was Khan. And then he decides to team up with Khan against, uh, against, uh, against uh, Marcus. Right. Oh yeah. And the new, the new mission is to figure out, uh, you know, why he's been lied to. Right. Essentially. Remember, isn't it, isn't the choice, um, I mean, this might get into bad guys close in, uh, but the, the the real choice is when Marcus shows up in the Dreadnought class ship and he says, hand him over to me and he doesn't do it. And they warp out of there. Right now. Now we're into the second half of the second act. Right. Um, I don't know. I think that's first. That, that's your first. That's your first instance of bad guys closing in. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But so again, so midpoint yeah. is. Yeah, I think I, I really like, you know, I'm Khan. I'm and uh, your admiral wants me dead for reasons other than he told you. This is sort of a classic uh, story. Like, here's your mission. Go kill this guy because he's a bad guy. Turns out he may not be such a bad guy. Yeah, except he is. Except he is. But that's a reversal in third act. <laughs> Cool. All right. I think that was easy. That. Bad guys close in. All right. Stakes are raised. There's more. You know. Now. Now the. Now the 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 obstacles that. Um, now that the the obstacles that our protagonists encounter are much harder now, and they're having trouble getting over them. So let's try to list off the same way we did the fun and games. What are the bad guys close in stuff? I mean, I'm going to say, you know, it started with, uh, you know, the approach of the vengeance. You know, we, we get that first look at the vengeance. Oh, my God, dude, that ship is awesome. I want one. Size of, of the Enterprise, three times the speed. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. it can run on, on half the crew, one if necessary. Which is important because if it had more crew, Scotty wouldn't be able to, like, you know, dance around it without being caught like he was. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's another great throwback to uh, Star Trek Three: Search for Spock. Remember when Scotty removes the uh, the batteries from the Excelsior? Is that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you guys get that? Yeah, baby. I, I, I just, wow. I, 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 I was wishing, I wanted to hear the word Jeffrey's tubes so bad. Ah, I wanted to hear <laughs> Jeffrey's tubes too. How come, no, and how, how come nobody said dilithium crystals? It was like... Yeah. 
The chamber was misaligned. No, it's the crystals. Come on. Oh, but then you get that good visceral. Anyway, we'll get to that. But, uh, you know, what else? We got the, uh, you know, like this talk about like being caught off guard. The vengeance can chase the Enterprise through warp space. Right. And, and fire on it from within. That's that's definitely the stakes being raised because, you know, they never saw that coming. That's right. They also um, take Carol, right? What's that? They take Carol Marcus. Yeah. That's right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's our they, bargaining chip. Yeah, they got her off the ship. Aren't you not supposed to be able to teleport if shields are up? Or is this an... Uh, yeah. That's, yes, another vengeance capability that's very convenient. Yeah, I think so. Next thing you know, Vengeance has a cloaking device, huh? <laughs> um, More militarized Star Trek. Star, uh, I don't know. We, uh, we get to see what a bad, exactly what a badass Khan uh, is. One, fighting his way through the Vengeance, and two, just crushing Marcus's head. Yeah. That like a melon? Like a melon. So, okay, bad guys close in. Kirk and Spock doing that, that jump through space, right? That, yeah. uh, what do you want to the sky, excuse me, Kirk and Khan doing um, the, the, the skydive, the space skydive, which is now like a recurring convention. Remember, they did that in the first uh, Star yeah. Trek reboot too, right? Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So, somewhere, somewhere, you know, J.J. Abrams had a meeting. He's like, I want skydiving in space. And I want it all the time. <laughs> With Google Glass. With Google oh, Glass. Yeah. Yeah, oh, and, he, and he had it, man. He had the heads-up display. And... Yeah, it was beautiful. So that's yep. bad guys closing. Uh, uh, space skydiving. That's bad guys closing. Yep. Um, um, you know, it, it, the, the whole, the, the, the bad guys close in, I think, you know, the Enterprise is nearly destroyed. And, and crescendos, I think, with getting pulled into Earth's gravity. Because, you know, like, you can't fight gravity. All right, we're getting into break into three. We're getting into, uh, we're getting into, we're getting into all is lost. We're getting all is lost. Um, Scotty, yeah. him, Scotty himself uh, on the vengeance, like running around trying not to get caught, uh, is also bad guys closing. Or Scotty's mission to go to to Jupiter um, and not get caught itself is bad guys closing. And then he has it one one on one bad guy who catches him, so he's cornered. He does. What does he have? He gets. Oh yeah, he gets that one guy. Right, that one guy in that station, <laughs> who, he, who he blows out the airlock. Scotty airlock. has a kill. Scotty <laughs> finally has a kill on Star Trek. Dude, you know, I, I love it too. Like he's trying to justify it to himself because he said he, he looks at the guy and he says, he says, "You're private security, right? You're not Starfleet." You know, like he has, he has, he has that, uh, you know, he, he has that that one reservation. He's like, okay, he's that not reminds, that, that reminds me of the uh, of the clerk's argument about the, the private contractors. <laughs> totally. <on> the That's <laughs> right. <laughs> it's okay to kill a private contractor, but not or or vice versa. That's hysterical. Oh. But yeah, I mean, when when has Scotty ever had like a, a a kill in Star Trek before? And it just the guy goes out. Kirk and Khan come in. We're moving on with the story here. All right. All is lost moment. Okay. All is lost can be defined as uh, the moment the main character realizes they've lost everything that they've gained. In fact, they've lost more than had they not broken into two and on the mission in the first place. Um, it's the moment where they feel like they've, Every, you know, they, they, they should just pack up and go home. Um, 
there's often a whiff of death at the all is lost. Somebody dies, right? Um, and uh, it's, it's all is lost is a little connected with Dark Knight of the Soul, but the, let, let's stick with all is lost for now, guys. What's our all is lost moment here at Star Trek? You've got a bunch of those when Khan takes control of the vent. The vent. Is that the name of the ship? Yeah. Uh, Carol Marcus is injured. I think her leg's broken, and uh, Admiral's dead. There's your whiff of death, and uh, all guns are uh, aimed at the Enterprise. That stands mainly defenseless. Yeah, I mean, I think your 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 real, you know, hardcore all is lost moment is, you know, we realize that Kirk is going to die. I I think it's when. You know, at this point, you know, and I think at this point, if we're going with the Kirk Spock thing, you know, at this point in the movie, it's, you know, it, Spock is more in control. And of course, he's about to be in full control because at this point, he realizes uh, that, that, that Kirk's a god, right? Like, no, no, no. That, I'm, I'm going to disagree. No, no, this, yeah, is, this is, we're getting feedback there. Um, the, Kirk, Kirk's death is part of the third act. It's, it's, it's a reversal. It's a third act reversal. It's not the low point of the movie. I'd say Kirk's, when the low point for me is uh, when Kirk actually uh, says that he's got to turn over, he says to, um, to Admiral Marcus, he says, I'm sorry, I, I, I tried to run away from you. Take me, don't blame my crew. Um, that's when he finally arcs, right? That's when he finally earns the chair, right? He says, you know, it was my mistake. Don't hold my crew responsible. Meanwhile, you know, Enterprise is disabled. And um, where's Spock right now? What's... That's even before the space jump, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, like, like that's when he says it, man. When he, when, when he goes into the reactor is when he actually does it, you know? I mean, that's when there's that the actual consequence. And yeah, but that's the, third the, act. And there is the whiff of death there. Uh, because, like, I mean, even though he doesn't, that's when he dies, right? Like, that, that's when he's going to die. And, you know, it's... That's five minutes before the movie ends. The, the, all his loss is three quarters through. So, wait, so we just do not like the moment when the bad guy has all the power and they're at the, they, they are seemingly at their lowest point and vulnerable? No, I, I, th- I agree. That's it. I think that's it. Yeah, and the whiff of death for me is Admiral Marcus getting his head yeah. crushed. Uh, Quite a whiff. Quite a quite a whiff. Is there anything else at all? All is lost. Um, what's going on with Spock during that? During that, is he? Spock's uh, the one that actually saves the day at that moment. Spock pulls them out of that. He's the one who does the the bait and switch with the 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 missile, the uh, torpedoes. He sends them, but without the bodies. Right. Yeah. But that's 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 after that. That's where where is Spock when? Is, is he is he doing that when when Kirk is saying I'm sorry? Like, no, no, no. Spock send. I thought Spock kills Khan. Oh no, Spock kills Khan. A hand to hand combat in the third act. Well, uh, he doesn't kill him. Yeah, you know he like beats him up on the thing. That's the that's the second ending. Okay, this is you know when we get to the third act here, we're going to talk about how there's like two endings, right? There's there's the Kirk ending and then there's the Spock ending. Um, but all is lost. I think we covered it. I think we, we covered it. Dark Knight of the Soul is when the main character sort of starts to to talk about his be, being at the low point, and he has the apotheosis where he actually fully uh, feels the arc. He learns the lesson. 
but it's still too late. He, uh, he, he starts to feel like, oh, I should have learned this lesson earlier, um, but I didn't, and now we're screwed. So to me, again, that's, that's Kirk learning. Um, once Now that the, he's lost his ship, it's burning a wreckage. Um, you know, he's lost everything, and, and he, he finally comes to grips with uh, the fact that he needs to take the chair seriously, and he tells Marcus, you know, don't kill me take, you know, don't kill my crew, kill me. Any other Dark Knight of the Souls? What, what, do, you, what do you guys got? So you're saying that the all is lost is when Marcus has him in his sights, not when Khan does. And thus the Dark Knight of the Soul is the progress and the journey kind of dealing with Marcus. When does, when does Khan have Kirk in his sights? After he kills Marcus. Oh, that's right. He 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 transports. He transports him. He transports him back, and he says, uh, "Yeah, a captain should be with his ship when it goes down, right?" Yeah. Right. And, yes. Yes. But, so, but then, but then, what happens? Uh. So see, I, I I thought I kind of saw the Dark Knight of the Soul as the whole sequence with Kirk trying to you know sacrificing himself for the ship. See, then this is did we lose Chris? Hey, Chris, you back? We lost you for a minute. No audio. No audio. Yeah, Chris has lost audio. We need to be doing this on wired connections, guys. This is not, this is just like. Oh, I was on mute. How's that? There you go. Much better. Join okay. the chat. Join the chat stream again. <laughs> Put up okay. your upper third. Yeah. <clears throat> um, what, so what happened after, after Kirk goes back to the, it gets transported back to the Enterprise? How do they get out of that? How do they get out of what? When when Khan is in charge of the vengeance and he sends them back to the Enterprise, he, he does he just let them fall into into the gravity? He doesn't blow them out of the sky. No, no. Well, that no, the, the, the that's when the torpedoes blow up. Instead of them being the bodies, it's the detonation. But see, the, the, yeah, but that's so that's uh, Spock's oh, story, right? Right. Kirk so hands the, the bridge over to Spock. Spock, Spock tells uh, Spock tells Khan, you know, go ahead and take your torpedoes. But he's already right. armed the torpedoes, and that's when he blows it up. Um, right. but, okay. but, but at the same time, uh, Kirk is running into engineering, trying to fix the ship. Right. Yeah. 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 So this is. That's breaking the three stuff for me, okay? When, when Kirk's trying to save the ship, that's Kirk's breaking into three. He's saying, you know what? I'm, I'm going to fix the Enterprise the way I have to. We can't, you can't confuse the low point with the, the third act where the hero's trying to save um, 
save the uh, save save his ship. I mean, that's that's classic third act stuff right there. The fact that he dies and then it comes back is not um, is not as important as you know. It's the final act. But but if we're following the sheet, right? So Dark Knight of the Soul break immediately uh, come, comes immediately after all is lost. So if all of is lost is like I think it is uh, Kirk's faux death or he's about to die. The Dark Knight of the Soul is that conversation between him and Spock, and they actually say it. If if, we, if you want to say that that this is the apotheosis, and they have to say it. Spock actually says, you know, so in in, in the theme stated. Kirk asks Bones, what would Spock do? And he says, he'd let you die. In that scene where, where Kirk is dying, Spock says, I just did what you would have done. Right? Yeah, but that's, so, that's so, so, so what? That's not, that's not, this is, this, that's just a payoff. That's not, a, that's not it, an apotheosis. It, the apotheosis is Kirk taking responsibility for his crew and his ship. Okay, it's what it's what Pike said to him in the beginning. The theme stated is you haven't earned that chair. You're getting everyone into danger. You're going to get people killed, and that and you're using dumb luck as an excuse for the fact that you think you get away with anything. And to me, the the apotheosis is or the the character arc for Kirk is when he realizes and he says, you know, it was you know, don't don't kill my crew. Take me instead. Yeah, but the, the, those are words. That's something he could. St- if, they, if he takes him and said he can still get out of it, Kirk can get out of anything. He can't. Get, I mean, he does, but he can't get out of going into something he knows he's going to die in, right? It, it's and, and but again, it's, this- but I mean, yes, yes, and no. I mean, I can agree with you, but it, it just happens so much later in the third act that to me, that's the, the break into three is okay. To me, the break into three is okay. Now, Enterprise is disabled. Right, even or no, it should be before it's, it. It, it's before it's disabled. It it should I'm be. It. What do you what are you buying? It's just that all just feels too early. Uh, like I, it it feels like I don't know. It's more like what Chris is saying. Kind of look classically. Break into three is also the return home. Right, it's you're taking yeah. what you've learned in the in the other world and you're bringing it back home. Break into three kind of like literally feels like they're back in San Francisco and. Spock has picked up the torch because the protagonist is dead and he's the one who has to break into three and finally catch the bad guy and tie things up. Dark Knight of the Soul always feels to me like it's that, that, that really like belly of the beast. And what's more belly of the beast than Kirk in the middle of the ship trying to, to kind of face his own demons and realizing that he's got to give himself up. He's in the position that Spock was at the beginning. All right, and he's I mean, yeah, I mean, Kirk dying. Like it's a dark moment. Kirk dying is a better low point. It's a better all is lost than anything else. But who is learning? Whose dark night of the soul is it? Is it now we're, we're, we're switching over to Spock and Spock finally gets to feel his oats, his vengeance as it were, and he goes, he goes down to kill Khan, doesn't he? He doesn't go down and take him prisoner, remember? He's like, no, it's against the international law to assassinate, but he goes down with, to kill Khan, right? Well, this is why, and again, you're going to kill me, David, but this is the plural, plural protagonist thing because their arcs come together at the same point, and now Kirk is more like Spock, and Spock is more like Kirk, and Kirk's gone, and, and Spock is just out for blood. There can be multiple main characters, obviously there's, you know, but, you know, it started off as Kirk's movie and sure it ended a little bit as Spock's movie. 
I'm the ending I thought that. was a little weird. I, I I enjoyed the movie tremendously, but the the end that ending of kind of just on the the car and Spock beating the hell out of him left me a little cold. Dude, Spock looked. Spock leaps before he looks. Literally, he he just. You know, Khan can jump 30 meters and, and grab onto spaceships and jump off them and stuff. Spock shouldn't be able to do that. Yeah, he's running through, jumping off bridges, jumping off of, of flying cars onto each other, like without even looking. It, 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 it's so weird. He goes such the opposite of logic in that, in that yeah, chase. Yeah, which is interesting. But that chase was, it was compared to what, everything else that happened in that movie. It reminded me a, a lot of the Star Wars uh, prequel chases running, yeah. r- running around Coruscant on, on ships. Um, I do like, you know, the idea of Khan going head to head with Spock, but we didn't really get a lot of that. We didn't get a lot of like head to head. You know, they should have ended up at like a dojo where 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 Khan is doing his martial arts and and Spock is doing his. I love the Klingon or I love the Vulcan neck pinch. That was fantastic. Oh, I love the mind meld when 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 Khan is trying to crush Spock's head and Spock you know mind melds him and so yeah. Spock feels his or so Khan feels his pain. That that was like you know I, and I don't think a lot of non fans would pick up on that. Yeah, you know yeah. I, there, there's a lot of fan service in this movie. I agree. I'm not, I'm not disagreeing. Um, I'm, I, I felt a little cheated with the third act fighting. Um, I did love uh, the uh, Kirk, you know, saving the Enterprise, going out the same way, parallels from Star Trek to, you know, yep. the inverse. That was fantastic. Well done. Um, Can you hear me, guys? Yeah, uh, a, little, a little bit. There was, uh, I mean, one thing that just bugged me, again, it's kind of like this kind of a plot hole, but they had a ship full of, how many, 72 bodies with the same blood as, uh, as, uh, yes. as Khan. Khan. Yeah, they could have got Why did they need Khan's blood? blood? Like, kind of ridiculous. I mean, that just kind of. They, they could have got anybody else's super blood. For right. the so fourth they really, movie, they had to save them. The whole Tribble thing with the blood was so shoehorned in there. That you know, was, I, no, 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 but I love the idea that, like, very poorly, very poorly done, okay? The the whole, in, in Wrath of Khan, the Genesis device was an entire subplot that they earned, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I hated that at first. Like, that was the one real big glaring uh, problem in the script was, you know, like, Khan's magic blood saves Kirk. Uh, I, I, when I watched it again today, uh, I, I softened up on, on it a little bit because I think coming out of it the first time, I didn't remember how Khan had used his blood, you know, to have the guy save his child, child at the beginning. That it, was it, set up. But you so know so there's a little setup there, but like it's still, it, it, it's too magic bully. No, and you know what? This is how I solve it. This is how a script doctor solves it, okay? Kirk... That one superpower that Kirk has is he's always got the plan. Just the way in Star Trek II, remember when Khan, um, when Ricardo Montalban has Kirk cornered and he's got he's got the uh, the uh, the prefix code ready to go, and they use the prefix code to turn it around and get out of the no win situation. Kirk does not believe in the no-win situation. He always has it figured out. He, the same way when they're sitting there at the table earlier in the movie, and he's like, I don't buy this. I don't buy that he'd blow up 
you know, uh, a, a, a library. He's coming after us. He knew ahead of time. What yeah. you do is you have Kirk steal Khan's blood ahead of time, inject himself, go into the reactor, then die. And then all of a sudden, they're like having the funeral for him and he comes back to life and they're like, what happened? And he's like, I injected Khan's blood before I went in. Because did, you know why? Because I'm fucking Jim Critique Kirk. That's why. Did, did they try to do something like that? Like, uh, one thing I noticed this time, like, so, so when Khan goes to the medical bay, right, and, and you know, he, he gets out of prison, uh, Kirk sends him to the med bay. And he goes in and he's talking to him and trying to make a deal with him. You know, I need your help helping with my people and I can ensure your people's safety. And, and, and he says, how he, he says, you can't even save your own people. And, yeah. and then Kirk says to bones, he says, Hey, what are you doing with that trouble? Like he knows, you know, that there's something going on. And I felt like they were trying to make a nod in that direction. You know, like, like, like Kirk is in charge of this from that point. It but would be much more people. believable if Kirk was like, all right, it's all part of the plan. Like yeah. that, that, because then you're like, oh, he's got it in hand. Instead, you know, somebody's like, quick, the Tribble starts moving and they're like, oh, that's a good idea. The you tribble, know, I, the tribble, I, I, I think I can, the idea is, would that have been, if Kirk really wasn't facing his death, would that have been a successful arc for him to really be sacrificing then? Right. It's yeah. still pretty good. It's still, no, because it is, Kirk never faces death. He never faces death. That's the but whole you, point of the wrath of Khan is that he doesn't believe yeah. in the no-win scenario. He only faces it finally once his best friend dies. So Kirk's not going to face it. Until Spock does. Does that, does that make this a better Kirk, though? Does that, does, does that make this a better Kirk than we had before? The, the fact that he does it here? Nah, it just, I, I think Do it we have a better? Him, I think it makes him a more ABC special, after-school special Kirk. <laughs> I like, I like Jim, Jim Kirk, who's 50 years old, who believes he's invincible, you know? Man, I cried. I cried twice watching Kirk die. The old one or the new anyway. one? The, the new one? Are you kidding me? The new me? one. The new one. Oh, you're, it's because you're, <laughs> you're a softy, Chris. You're, <laughs> I, dude, I, 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 yeah, I, I've got a heart of mush. Yeah. Um, you, you know what, though? I, I can forgive the magic blood for, for one reason, and that's that it saves us from a Search for Kirk movie. <laughs> Look, they, they, well, also, they, they really earned the resurrection, though, okay? We had a fucking triple. You know, five minutes paid, maybe 30 seconds paid to a triple and some special blood. They earned two movies worth of resurrection. They had the Genesis device as a B story, and they have a whole movie searching for Spock, and then they got bones. They got to give him his marbles back. That's how you earn a payoff. That's how you earn a resurrection. Things move a lot quicker in the movies today, though. I know. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, so, the triple thing was the only thing about the triple thing that I thought was interesting is the whole idea that the triples themselves. It was a triple because you know in the lore triples reproduce. They have this amazing ability to regenerate and reproduce, right? I didn't know that. I thought they just reproduced. I didn't know they had regenerative capability or they, well, they could. They're, they're crazy re reproduction. Again, it, that's not referenced here, but I feel like it was an undertone that. That this may be the origin of their crazy reproduction of this triple. 
Oh, that would be cool. Oh, I like oh, where you're going with that because they're con tribbles. <laughs> Dude, if, if, if right. Abrams goes trouble with tribbles on the next movie, I'm all in. I thought it was just an homage because somebody wrote in the script. Somebody wrote in the script. They're testing it on a rat, and uh, Orchie's like, "No, make it a tribble." No tribble. <laughs> So, so, so to formalize the the uh, the whole thing with 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 uh, with Spock going down and the fight with uh, with Khan and and Uhura beaming down and solidifying things, that is what in the beat sheet is called the finale, right? Yeah, yeah, that's the finale. Yeah. yeah. So um, that brings us to our final image, right? Final image. Um, I mean, five year mission. Five year mission. Five year yeah. mission. Absolutely. Five year mission. And now I had such a hard on for that when they start talking about the five year mission in the beginning and at the end it's like now we're starting this five year mission is like nobody's done this before. That's five yeah. years is a long time. Yeah, and Bones is so put upon about it. It's great. Five years in space. No, but it actually and it and it resolves that other plot, that subplot of the militarization of the uh, right. of the Federation. It says yeah. no. It says no. We're back to being explorers. Yep, absolutely. They've set things right. They're not the mirror universe. Right. All right, guys. Let's wrap it up. Last comments, questions, positives, negatives, anything you guys want to say about Star Trek Into Darkness? Uh, I loved it, man. It's, you know, I think, I think it's pretty deep. I think it's well-written. You know, I mean, our point here is to look at this from a, from a point of view of story mm-hmm. and how well the story was executed. I, I, I think it was great. I, again, I feel like I keep harping on the idea of the alternate universe, but I think it was a brilliant move to begin with. And I think really playing it out at every opportunity and exploring the ideas, how these kind of cultural expectations about these stories can be re-looked at and re-examined and played with and messed with a little bit. I, I, I think he did a great job. I came out with a big smile on my face. Yeah, I'm, I'm really warming up to it. Let me ask you this, Alec. Uh, I... you, let me ask Alec a question real quick. You said at the beginning of this that, that you were more, you were always more of a Star Wars fan than a Star Trek fan. Coming out of this movie, what is your feeling about how Abrams will handle Star Wars now? Oh my God. Come on. That's another podcast. No, just th- thumbs up, thumbs down. <laughs> thumbs up, thumbs but down. I, I, said it, I said it very specifically that I think he's got it. And some of the critique is that this, these Trek movies are less Trek and more mythic and more about kind of like the adventure of it all. Come on. You had Spock in the first one coming out with the, uh, the fire and, and uh, scaring away the dragon. And he was basically exactly Ben Kenobi scaring away the, uh, the sand troopers, you know, <laughs> you know, all so, right, all right. All right. No, let, let's, let's do a whole nother podcast on right, Star okay, Wars okay, when okay, it comes okay. out. Okay. My, my sum up of this movie is I thought it was well handled. I enjoyed it. I did see it twice. Um, the only thing I wanted more of is I wanted more con. It's very hard the same way. It's hard, you know, in, in, in uh, the Batman, uh, in the Chris Nolan Batmans, he had a very high bar to set with, with uh, the Joker, and I think Nolan actually may have cleared that bar, but I don't think J.J. Uh, Abrams cleared Ricardo Montalban's con bar here. There was a few, a few di- pieces of dialogue um, where, where um, Cumberbatch is talking about how they woke him, not for his intelligence, but... Um, for his, uh, because he was like a caveman or something. For his ruthlessness. For his, for, for his, yeah, because he, he, they needed a warrior. They needed someone, you know, they didn't just need his intelligence. They needed his like cunning or whatever. I wanted more of that, man. 
I wanted, I wouldn't, well, and then, I think, I think Kirk should have w- woken, um, should have woken, uh, uh, Khan up. I think part of the first act should have been a mission where they found Khan or some, well, something like yeah. that. I, I would, I, 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 and I wanted more prequel. We didn't get nearly enough information about what Khan did 300 years ago that they decided to freeze them for you know, Khan claims he was like designed to create world peace, but then somebody did the Wikipedia and it turns out, no, he was just doing world domination Hitler style. We could have had, a, you know, a, a, a teaser of three minutes of Earth 2035 and, you know, Khan, you know, Prince Khan of the Middle East, like, you know, getting in trouble for eugenics and, they sentence him to death by freezing, whatever. Like that could have yeah. been some awesome stuff. But you know what? That's the old Star Trek. JJ Abrams is into this thriller Star Trek. It's gotta be like alias. It's gotta be like every two minutes things are moving. Not as much mythology. And that's why I think AJ Abrams is not gonna do as good a job on Star Wars because he's not a <laughs> he's not a mythology guy. He does you, not like to do deep mythology. He likes you know, to keep it simple. I want more mythology. You know, you know, you know what's interesting is that I think Abrams had to play a game with this because I think in Star Trek II, everybody wants Khan and he knows he's got to give us Khan, but he doesn't give us Khan. You know, the rumors leak out and it's this guy, you know, John Harrison, who's an obscure character from the original series. And what's he going to do with him? But, you know, like, so he, he, he kind of, you know, tries to pull the wool over our eyes with with it's not con but it is con and so i think you you know it, when you're playing that game you can't do all all this kind of you know uh prequel to to con stuff uh you know and and, and maybe that was a wrong decision on those terms but i, I, I mean the movie is great so all right well let's he was just i mean uh, you know part of the problem is that you know this is what you're up against costume <laughs> you're up against you know Khan. How do you how do you how do you compete Ricardo Montalban's chest? You can't. You can't. You, can't. you, you can't. gotta admit. How do you compete with that hair? But but Cumberbatch well, owns that other, screen, man. He's great. He's an amazing talent. They didn't give him enough page count. He didn't costume. give enough great dialogue. I what is what I is the new Khan's dialogue. costume? Nothing. Yes, thank you. He's in a black turtleneck in this Khan's old internal way. Which, yeah. He's Isn't supposed to be a middle. supposed to be a Middle Eastern um, prince, like Iranian prince. Is man. Steve what Jobs. Happened, what happened to that? You, you anyway, no, I, guys, Indian. I think we should wrap up. What, last, Indian. is he Indian? Is he Indian? Indian. Yeah, he was Indian. Yeah. Oh, Noonien Singh. That makes sense. Singh. Yeah. Okay. So in, let's, fact, let's, in fact, in, in Wrath of Khan, they say North he's Indian. Sikh. No kidding. Yeah. Um. All right, guys, let's cut it. I mean, we've gone gone quite uh, a little bit over. Um, Chris, you might be able to help us out in the editing later, but but sign off. Anything last? Um, I'll go to Star Trek 3. I'll I'll see, but I just don't think JJ is going to be behind it. He's going to be busy off, um, you know, Doing Star Wars with uh, with uh, like uh, like Felicity romance and Alias set pieces, and maybe Tom Cruise will do like a jackhammer in the middle of Coruscant. Uh, yeah, uh, I liked it. It was good. I- All right, guys, let's call it.
Okay. Yeah. I'm going to hit the end broadcast. It won't be over, but this will be the end of the video. Thanks very much. This is the script beat sheet edition for Star Trek Into Darkness. Uh, you can email us at scriptfeed at gmail.com with any uh, feedback you have. Also, you can go to the NYC Screenwriters Collective website. If you live in New York City, come down to our workshops. I have no idea what I'm supposed to do. I only know what I can do.